0: Hello everyone. Welcome back to Life on a Mission podcast. I'm George. I have a very special guest on today. Um, He has been a spokesman at my high school. He is a wrestler. Uh, He is in the ministry and he is also gay. Super gay. Super gay. (laughs) It is my buddy (laughs) Stu Perry and uh, I'm lucky to have him on today. And uh, Stu, just go ahead and talk about yourself for a minute.
1: Yeah, well, I am Stu. I am uh, 29 years old, and I am from Louisville, Kentucky. I am a professional wrestler. I work at a psychiatric treatment facility for kids that have been removed from their homes for all sorts of different reasons. Um, I am a Christian. Uh, I love people. I love Jesus, and I am gay. So um, I guess that, (laughs) other than some other things we might get into, that's just kind of an overview of me.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about... um wrestling first and everything, because when you say wrestling, um, kind of just for me myself, uh, I don't know anything about the wrestling world. Yeah. So talk about that for just a minute.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, um, every boy at some point has seen wrestling, whether it was this Hulk Hogan or The Rock or Stone Cold or, um, or at least when you say those names, like yeah, know who we're talking about. Oh yeah. Um, so as a boy, I watched wrestling like crazy. Um, I was obsessed with wrestling from the age of like eight to like the age of 12 and Mm -hmm. just completely obsessed. I went to um, two Smackdowns that were in Louisville and just absolutely loved it. I have hundreds of action figures and like that's what I would do every day Nice. just play with those action figures. And throughout my life, I kind of drifted away from that. But it's always one of those things that's like it's kind of a cool thing to think about And um, in college, I was extremely overweight and um, had some fraternity brothers that helped me out and um, helped me get healthy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm what's called a chronic addict. So everything Mm -hmm. I do, I get addicted to it. Um, And I got addicted to fitness and it was like the first healthy addiction that I'd, I'd ever had. So I decided I needed to do something with it and looked up. Uh, being a professional wrestler yeah and found out that in louisville there's actually like uh, a world-renowned school it's called ohio valley wrestling um and it's the nation's longest running mm-hmm. uh, independent wrestling show uh, and it's where john cena randy orton brock lesnar batista cm punk dolph ziggler the miz Jeez. the big show um, all those guys were trained at ohio valley wrestling and so their trainers are my trainers and um signed up and thought I was just going to do 10 weeks of classes and then one match. Yeah. And around the time that my match was about to happen, um, some of the guys started walking up to me and asking me to pray for them. And they would be like, "Uh, I don't believe that crap that you believe, but um, will you pray for me? And uh, so I did. And then they started coming to me with their problems and asking what I thought about different things and all sorts of stuff, even to the point where, our heavyweight champion got everybody together backstage and had everybody stand in a circle and hold hands and mm-hmm. asked me to pray for everybody's safety and that we put on a good show.
0: Nice. Um,
1: and he is not a Christian, like he, but he wanted me to like pray for it. So after that happened, I was like, well, I can't leave. This is my ministry now. Right. So um, that's kind of why I'm still there. I, I really enjoy it. I have a blast every mm-hmm. single time. But to me, it's more than just, oh, I want to have some fun which it is like the most fun in the world. <laughs> like yeah. you just get to beat the crap. I'm bruised. I had a heavyweight championship match on Saturday and there nice. are scars all over me right now. <laughs> um, scars and bruises all over me. Nice. Um, but uh, I have a blast. Mm-hmm. And, but to me, it's also a calling. So um, there's that. And then also because of my appearances on television, um, 50,000 people watch our show every week. Yeah. So when you can come in to a school or to a church rather than just saying, Hey, Stu Perry is here to talk. Uh, they can say, um, Reverend Stu, the pastor of disaster is here. So and that's your, show,
0: that's your wrestling name. Well, it
1: used to be, um, okay. and then Reverend Stu, uh, got possessed by a demon. So now I'm Amon, the demon marquee of hell. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, so now actually when I travel, um, I walk up in with all my demon gear on yeah. and um, start talking about, Hey, this is how, People see people with mm-hmm. all of our problems and scary, like we look scary, yeah. but the way Jesus sees us is this. And I start taking off all my stuff while I talk about what Jesus thinks of us. Wow. So um, so yeah, it's, it's uh, definitely different, but to yeah. me, it's a ministry opportunity and I get to have a blast yeah. while I do it. It's not miserable for sure. I have a ton of fun and I get to share Jesus yeah. at the same time.
0: So, your, your wrestling persona is currently demon possessed right now. <laughs> is there, a, do you see down the road maybe like an exercised uh, character in um, the future? There are, uh, people always
1: think that, yes. Yeah. Um, I will say I enjoy being a demon. It mm-hmm. is a lot of fun because uh, it's way more fun to act what you are not. And yeah. I am definitely not a demon.
0: Right, but, um, right.
1: But I don't know. We'll see. Um, right now, our owner is uh, a former WWE superstar. His name is Al Snow. He's mm-hmm. been on WrestleMania and he's like, uh, he will never, ever know this, but his action figure is in my gear bag. Oh, so I hope he doesn't like listen to this. But <laughs> since day one, since day one of wrestling, his action figure has been in my gear bag because I've like always thought he was awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, he just bought our company. So I get to work with him every week now. So like this guy I have his action figure and I was obsessed with him as a kid Wow! is now our boss. And um, uh, he kind of thinks things up a week at a time. Mm -hmm. So um, we used to have long term plans and there's some of that. But right now it's just kind of like, let's see how long Amon can go for. And then uh, once that's dead, we'll either exercise him or kill him off or whatever. So um, it's kind of like writing. I mean, we are a TV show, so
0: yeah. What, what level are you as like, like how, how many more levels would you have to go for me to see you in like the WWE on yeah. USA or something?
1: Um, I've been on WWE network three times. Oh no,
0: um, yeah, uh, just real, real quick things. Like they weren't
1: full matches or anything okay. like that, but, um, but I have been on the network now that's different than like the TV show. Right. The network is like a Netflix, you pay for it, mm-hmm. um, a month or I don't even know how much it is. But um, they have different shows on there than they do just on television. So I've been on the network. I've never been on like Raw or SmackDown or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But um, Ohio Valley Wrestling can go straight to WWE. So we are one step below Mm -hmm. um, WWE. And what would happen is um, the WWE scouts watch our program every week. Mm -hmm. And um, they... Make phone calls and say, hey, how is this person? How are they not only in the ring, but how are they to work with? Mm-hmm. Um, do they have um, – do they uh, act well in public? Because yeah. that's important to them. Yeah. They don't want any kind of fiasco or anything like that. And then from there, you could get put in their developmental program, which is called mm-hmm. NXT. Yeah. Um, and from there, you go on to the okay. WWE platform. So, cool. So cool. pretty close, I would say. Like there's other independent wrestling where you show up and um, you would say, like, definitely these people are not probably going right. <laughs> to be there. Ohio Valley Wrestling is, um, we have a following. And yeah. like I said, all those names that I mentioned before right. came from OVW. So yeah. um, so it's definitely a possibility. Yeah. And especially with Al Snow with us now, he yeah. um, is very, very, still very well connected with the WWE okay. and can make really one phone call and you could have a
0: trial with him. So nice. Now, as far as the stunts go and all that, I went to. Uh, it was something down in Metropolis with my cousin and some of his friends, and it was like the first time I had ever seen one of those uh, wrestling matches. And it was in a hotel, right? Yeah. And they had set up the big thing, and it was all crazy and everything. And I saw this guy, and I'm still thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, this is definitely all an act and everything, or like this is it's all being played out. But then this guy. Brings him up to the top corner of, like, the ropes and stuff, and then he throws him onto a pile of thumbtacks. Yeah. And then the guy gets up and rolls over, and there's all these thumbtacks in his back. And I'm like, there are thumbtacks in this guy's back. Yeah. How – so, the like, the stunts and all that, like, it's just absolutely real. But, like – There is what? There's like an agreed storyline or something that takes place. Yeah, that's a
1: really great way to put it. People all the time want to say professional wrestling is fake. It's Mm -hmm. not fake. Um, uh, When people ask, like, what are the chairs made out of? It is just a chair. Like, they're not special... Um, what are the yeah. tables made out of? They're just tables. We take the metal ring
0: off the bottom. Yeah. So well, I think uh, <laughs> the night that but, I went was bring your own weapon night. There
1: you go. <laughs> that was it.
0: So uh, one of my yeah. friends had, uh, he made a chair and he put, uh, he didn't put like barbed wire on it, but he put like a, oh man, he he like covered it in uh, like light bulbs. Yeah. He taped <laughs> light bulbs to it and the guy smashed the chair and the light bulbs exploded all over this guy's back. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, those things are real. Now, I would say that those guys are idiots because you should never, ever have a bring-your-own-weapon night. They like, were bleeding everywhere. <laughs> right, and that's just not yeah. worth it. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, there are definitely like ways to stay safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially, depending on who you're working with, um, we call it being stiff. So like the guy I worked on Saturday, he and I mm-hmm. are both stiff workers. Um, Seamus from the WWE says he's a stiff worker. And what that okay. means is like I'll aim for a safe spot, Okay. But I'm going to hit you. And uh, okay. and uh, I'll aim safe, but I'm like, whatever I'm doing is going to yeah. be real yeah. because I want people to believe that I'm trying to injure you.
0: So instead of hitting you in the throat, I'm going to hit you in the peck or something. Yeah. Actually, right. the
1: throat is the easiest, is the safest place that you can punch somebody. Yeah. On the side of the neck. Not On the, the side. Not the I, was I was like, <laughs> wait, right? right no, the not, the, not the throat punch, okay. but um, the side of the neck is one of the safest places you can punch somebody. Okay. But yeah. Um, uh it is it is fixed. So yes. it's not fake, it's fixed. We um typically, not a hundred percent of the time, but typically we know who's gonna win mm-hmm. before we get in the ring. Um and we are not trying to not hurt each other, mm-hmm. we are trying to not injure each other. Mm-hmm. So um what we do hurts. And if I like right. lifted my shirt up, you could see like all across my left yeah. peck right now is scars and bruises from one match yeah so um we get hurt all the time my back is constantly in pain i go to the chiropractor um i use a cryo chamber like all that stuff seriously yeah but um,
0: i think there's one in indiana is that the one that's the one i go to yep yep and uh
1: so we do all of that to protect ourselves to not be injured we don't want a lasting injury but we hurt all the time
0: Mm -hmm. okay cool. All right, well let's uh, let's shift gears for just a minute and talk about um, your public speaking, your ministry, and everything. Uh, obviously, you spoke at my high school when I was younger, and uh, since then I've been
1: banned three times, three different times they've kicked me out.
0: <laughs> I, well, the first time that I heard that you were banned was uh, with Jake Nagy. Yeah. you like drank something out of a sock, or it was, like. Uh, it wasn't
1: that we uh, we made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in our armpits.
0: Oh God! And um,
1: uh, yeah, so I took a bite of mine, and then he took a bite of his, and then we swapped sandwiches. Yeah, and took a bite of each other's like armpit peanut butter and jellies.
0: Mm. And uh, yeah, I remember him telling me that, I like and that. I was just thinking about that, and I was just like, yeah, I, I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've been banned
1: three times. That was that was one that was not the first ban actually. That was the second yeah. ban. Okay. But, but uh yeah, I've been banned three times. Wasn't
0: that at the uh Rock Creek campus? Yes, yeah, no, I got
1: no. banned from Now Rock Creek was I got uh I guess like uh called out at yeah, the, at the English Station campus. But yeah. Rock Creek, they were like, he is never allowed to come back here ever again. And I have not been back there since. But yeah. English Station was like, hey, if he does that ever again, right. he's never allowed back. So
0: Okay. <laughs> but whatever, man. Yeah, like, well, no worries. I mean, you know, things happen. Fine. But yeah. do you think, uh, you know, the ban now, like, is uh, definite because of uh, your coming out? For sure, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I will. Um, I mean, at least for the foreseeable future i will not be allowed yeah to go back there
0: now in your coming out uh video that i saw um you had explained that um even though you just got into a relationship you had actually been um gay for quite a while yeah you've known for (laughs) quite some time even though like I never knew. None, yeah. of, nobody else ever knew. You kind of just with you and your mentors had kept it on the down low. For yeah, a bit. and what I'll say is, uh, never tried to hide it. Yeah. That, um,
1: but like I was on full time ministry mm-hmm. um, with the church. That church knew the pastors knew the elders knew. Okay, um, and they were cool with it. We just in deciding whether or not to share that publicly with the church or share that publicly anywhere. Decided it wasn't important because I was not in a relationship, wasn't seeking a relationship, anything mm-hmm. like that. So it was like, um, there was just no reason. It, I, I think the thing I think about is like, uh, there are a thousand things I could tell you about yeah. me before I would say, and I'm gay. Like, right, right, right. Um, it just doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Like. Uh, that is way down on the list of yeah. importance. So, I could tell you I'm a wrestler yeah. and I work at a psych facility and I love right. Jesus and yeah. um, I like to travel. Yeah, <laughs> I, exactly. Uh, do all these things um, before I would say, oh, yeah, and by the way, um, I'm gay. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, for most relationships, like friendships, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, um, uh, if you're my friend, I'm not interested.
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, like, yeah. there's
1: no reason for me to share that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was. I had um i guess come out privately mm-hmm. at age fifteen to my family at age sixteen. I got hired at a church mm-hmm. um and they were told mm-hmm. um, and I like had meetings with them, and we all decided what to do and then um really, there was no reason to share yeah. it with anyone else. I had the backing yeah. of a church, yeah, so um, if there were any questions or if anything got um asked about then they people could just ask the church and the but church it was, was it was like it was definitive at the age of 15 you're like oh i mean it was definitive at the age of like 7 really <laughs> okay. yeah yeah at age uh i mean i don't think that i was like uh, like physically attracted yeah. like but definitely i i can remember in second grade yeah really like in second grade i could be like oh yeah he's a good looking guy oh <laughs> like, yeah, yeah like cuz second grade is when you start to like joke about girls having cooties and stuff like right, that right, right. Um, and like start to think it's funny to have a girlfriend or whatever. Right. Um, and from that point, I mean, I really could know like yeah. I knew. And from then on, it was just kind of like, okay, when do I need to say something? And then at yeah. age 15, I kind of had this breakdown and I was like, mom, dad,
0: yeah, I'm gay. <laughs> like, yeah. And, um, they were
1: cool with it then. So yeah.
0: How, how's, uh, <laughs> How's the family now? Not great. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> oh, so they were cool with it when I was 15. Yeah. Um, and, uh, actually my dad wrote me a letter that I still keep in my wallet. That was like, I love you more than life itself. Yeah. Um, that will never change. Like all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so that was at age 15. And then last year, um, in September, mm-hmm. I uh, had a boyfriend and I told them like, Hey, I really want you to meet this guy. And it was like the first guy I've ever dated. Right. Um, like really wanted a relationship with mm-hmm. and uh, told them that. And they said, if that's how you're going to live your life, we have no interest in participating. So, and I, I thought like maybe it was how they thought my, the rest of my family would react or whatever, yeah. but like I have an aunt and uncle that are crazy supportive. Yeah. And, um, uh, like took me and my boyfriend out on a date and, yeah. uh, have done lots of other things too. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandparents are supportive, like all yeah. that it's really just my mom and dad. And then my brothers, I have two brothers. I have an older brother and a younger brother. Mm-hmm. My older brother, I think, is just indifferent. Like, yeah. Doesn't care either way. Yeah. My younger brother does not support like my lifestyle. Do but. you talk to him? Um, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, saw them at Christmas because my aunt and uncle, uh, I wasn't invited to Thanksgiving. And then um, at Christmas, my aunt and uncle hosted Christmas. Yeah. And they said, hey, if you're not going to be supportive or if you can't be cool with Stu and whoever he might bring, mm-hmm. don't come. So uh, they came and I saw them there. Yeah. But that's the last. I saw my dad in February because he dropped off some Christmas presents. But yeah. like other than that, I haven't seen them. I uh, sent a Mother's Day gift to my mom and she texted me. Thank you. Um, and they texted me happy birthday on my yeah. birthday. But I haven't seen them. I haven't seen my entire family since Christmas. Okay. Um, and haven't seen my, like my parents.
0: Yeah. since a long time. <laughs> what do you think? Time. You know, your parents knew how you felt forever. Mm-hmm. What do you think shifted the gears when you got into a relationship? Do you do you think that they were just like, oh? that'll just go away eventually yeah. <laughs> or like now that's it's like it's real that they're like holy crap he actually is gay or like yeah. do you think they didn't believe you or
1: uh, i don't know that it was not believing i think it was kind of a um it's never going to be something we're going to have to deal with right like uh he might be gay but like it'll never come up oh he'll find a he'll find a wife and yeah, just or, bottle or maybe just up. not find or, anybody like, yeah. maybe just be happy, like... They're just crossing
0: their fingers for celibacy right. or something. Like, yeah. yeah.
1: And that, I mean, that might be where I end up, but, like, um, and that would be fine. But I think once it became, like, they were going to have to deal with it, mm-hmm. because up, to, up until that point, they weren't, they didn't have to deal with it. It was just, like, um, oh, Stu's gay, <laughs> like, yeah. but makes no difference. And now it kind of
0: does. They didn't try to have like conversations about or like, or were they like, well, we acknowledge how you feel. Can we talk about this? Or were they just like, we love you. (laughs) It really
1: was. um, It was, uh, I mean, I was 15. Let me think. Uh, The way I remember it is Mm -hmm. uh, we love you. Uh, Is there anything we can do to help? Mm -hmm. And
0: that was kind of it. Because I mean, you know we live close to the belt buckle of the bible belt yeah. right i'm just <laughs> you know i would i would imagine i uh, i mean i've heard cases of like oh well, you're going to straight camp or something <laughs> yeah. you know, like
1: no there's nothing like that okay. um
0: uh no it
1: not- definitely no like it's called conversion therapy and um, right. nothing like that like they were not trying to Uh, change that's that's what it's called it's called conversion therapy yeah and it's uh just not used anymore (laughs) like right um now the uh consensus now is um even among christian therapists and christian psychologists is you are born that way you are born um with at least a
0: predisposition so um do you think any experiences in your life um kind of elevated you to that um Maybe, um, there
1: are some signs in my life that, uh, I was abused Mm -hmm. very, very young where I don't remember it, Um, but I don't remember it. So to me, it's kind of a,
0: so you couldn't even figure out the culprit or something. Right. Right. So
1: to me, it's like, I'm not even going to worry about that. Like, Mm -hmm. um, just because of my addictive history, I have obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, it's likely I'm bipolar, but I won't let the doctors diagnose me with that. (laughs) (laughs) All that because of all that, um, it is It is likely I was abused yes. somehow. Um, yeah. And with little kids, it's so hard, too, because, like, um, what could be seen as abuse on one kid wouldn't on another kid, especially yeah. like the baby and stuff. So yeah. um, it could be that I was just, like, handled wrong or right, whatever, right, and right. that triggered something in my mind. Right. And that's, that's kind of the thing is it's called biological predisposition. Yeah. And so... Um, the same is true with drug addicts alcoholics stuff like that where you're born with this addiction Mm -hmm. um, and until something happens in your life it won't show itself but um, if something does happen in your life like schizophrenia is that the way too where it's like you're disposed but if you don't ever have any uh, experiences,
0: then it won't show itself. That's uh, that's like what happened to my great uncle. He had a wife for a long time, and he, uh, she ended up leaving him for another woman. Yeah, and just became schizophrenic on the spot. Yeah, yeah. it was just there was no, there was nothing else to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, those those things can definitely happen where it is like you're predisposed, and unless something shows itself, it won't. And that's kind of the um. thought even among christian psychologists is like you are born Mm -hmm. uh at least with a disposition so like i would say i was born gay Mm -hmm. um but others would say i was born with a predisposition to be gay yeah um or at least not even to be gay but a predisposition for an attraction same sex right um and so there's no point in trying to Change that, mm-hmm. but Christian psychologists now don't really do conversion therapy. They just do like, um, "Hey, this might be your burden to bear. Um, mm-hmm. Just don't act on it." Mm-hmm. And that's um, that's okay. Like if that's how you feel, like yeah. that's fine, right? So, um, okay. so th- I think that that's kind of where my parents were. Is like, um, I do think that they are of the understanding now that like yeah. with the science that we have, like right. I was born this way, um, and they were just kind of hoping that I would never.
0: My, you know, my only problem is, is, you know, within the Christian community, at least is everybody is going to have their predispositions or their different walks of life or their different views. And I personally believe, even if I don't share the same views, that there can be a way kind of like in an environment like this where we can have an open dialogue and just kind of talk about you know, your experiences and your mindset and what got you to this point, you know, what it is that you think about on a daily basis instead of, you know, kind of like what your parents did and saying, you know what, get out of the house or something yeah. like that. I, I It wasn't quite like that. I will right, say, right, like, right. my parents are
1: awesome. Yeah, um, I think that they're dealing with it, thinking through it and stuff right now. Just only I, the way they can. Yeah, I think yeah. I think they're trying to, like, take their time and stuff. And I, I do feel they still love me. Mm-hmm. I think that they're just, like trying to figure it out but yeah anyway but yeah so it's
0: like it it just kind of like for me for example like i have no judgment on you or anybody else in in any walk of life you know anybody has a problem that they have to deal with or anybody has a way that they live but like i would just say as far as um like what i've read in the bible you know I haven't found anything to necessarily support that, but that doesn't mean that I can't sit down and have a conversation with you right. about that. But you are a pretty well-versed guy. Yeah. You talk to a lot of people. You you study the Bible a lot. You study the scriptures. And um, I think uh, I've heard you talk about before, you have seen uh, or you have certain scriptures in the Bible that kind of support your lifestyle. Yeah. I'm curious to know about that.
1: Yeah. Um, well, just to like back up, a little bit. Um, yeah. I think it is really important that Christians um, don't fight over things that don't so much matter. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Like, uh, what I would say is like, hey, we don't have to agree on everything. We mm-hmm. agree on Jesus, and that's important. So, like, yeah. Um, uh, even if you question my lifestyle, don't question my salvation. I know I'm good. Right. <laughs> like, right. But well, not good as in like a good person, but like I know I'm settled. Like, yeah. uh, I'm. Uh, my salvation is there. Jesus mm-hmm. died for me just as much as he died for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because I I am the way I am doesn't mean that that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm reading uh, Billy Graham's autobiography right now. Yeah. And in it, I just read this morning, he was in India and uh, they were talking about like a majority of their population is Catholic. Yeah. And he said that um, at that time it was really cool because he could see that Catholics and Protestants we're not going to fight over uh, dumb little things yeah. it, it, what he said is we all need to unite under the cross and so that's kind of my thought is like uh, you don't have to agree with me yeah. um, you don't have to uh, I'm not going to try to like uh, when I preach I don't preach like and everybody should be gay right? <laughs> right, 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 or right. everybody yeah. should accept that I'm gay I don't, yeah. I, like, I don't even bring up the fa- that fact I just say like hey Jesus loves you no matter what your thing <coughs> is um, mm-hmm. and I know he loves me so like uh, you don't have to um, uh, agree, but you do have to like be nice. <laughs> part, yeah, exactly. But right.
0: part of your ministry also is that you know you you reach out to people of the LGBTQ community right. and you say, "Listen, you can still have a relationship with Jesus, right? No matter like if you're in the middle of something wrong, that doesn't mean you have to get your life right. right. That does, it's like if you have something that you're dealing with." You don't have to go deal with that and then come Come as you are and, you know, just let Jesus be in your life. Yeah. And I think that that's uh, what's important, too, is
1: like personally, I do not find conviction of Mm -hmm. my lifestyle. However, um, I do find conviction of um, uh, drug use, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, I have other Christian friends that go to Colorado and smoke it up and Mm -hmm. they're fine and they feel okay about that. Yeah. Now, um, I personally in my life don't think that I should do that. Mm -hmm. Um, they personally in their life think that they can because it's legal there. Like, um, they wouldn't do it here because it's not legal, but, um, I would find conviction of that. Mm -hmm. Um, some Christians think that, uh, they shouldn't drink at all. Now that doesn't mean that they can tell me not to ever have a drink or that I could tell you not to ever have a drink. It's their personal conviction. So to me, um, Like my personal conviction, as I study the scripture and I prayed about it, have told me um, I'm okay. Like Mm -hmm. this lifestyle is all right, the way that I have chosen to live it. But um, if another person is gay and -hmm. decides that that's not okay and that that would lead to sin in their life, then they shouldn't. So I'm not. I'm not here to say like, hey, um, if you are gay, or if you're straight, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. um, If you're straight, it might be better for you to be. Uh, celibate and not get married and right. you know but I can't make that decision for you you can't make that decision for me um, but as mm. I do um, read the Bible and I'm terrible with like uh, addresses Bible addresses where it's like chapter verse Oh yeah, um, yeah. but of the verses that I've seen um, there's kind of four main verses that people use all the time to like say uh, homosexuality is a sin and mm-hmm. it's wrong and in those four verses, um, every time I see it, it's plural. So if you look at the English and then if you look back at the original language of Hebrew, mm-hmm. um, Greek, Aramaic, whatever, um, they are plural contexts. Okay. So it says like, um, there's one, uh, there's a list that Paul writes and it says, uh, men who practice homosexuality. Mm-hmm. So to me, uh, men is plural mm-hmm. first. Um, practice would be doing it over and over. So um, men who practice homosexuality, so plural men who uh, do homosexual things over and over and over again,
0: mm-hmm.
1: are wrong. Um, there's another one that says uh, men gave up their attraction to women for other men and did detestable things with each other, or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. basically thats basically what it says. Mm-hmm. Um, but it says men who gave up their attraction to women and, um, did things with plural, like had attraction to other men. So men is plural both ways. It doesn't say a man who had attraction
0: to a man. So to kind of put it bluntly, are you kind of talking about like orgies? or something? <laughs> like is, Not
1: so much orgies, but like, uh, um, a committed relationship. Um, okay, like, I think that there's a difference between... And I think the same is true if you're straight. Like, mm-hmm. um, you shouldn't... Like, I just read uh, this morning in uh, Proverbs about, mm-hmm. like, uh, you shouldn't just uh, give your love to anyone. Like, right. And it says, why would you waste your love on an immoral woman and a promiscuous woman when you could give it just to your wife? Right. So, um, uh, I think the same is true with being gay. Like, um, I think that it would be wrong to go out and just have a bunch of sex with a bunch of random guys right. just as much as I think it would, it's wrong to yeah. for a straight guy to go out and have a bunch of sex with a bunch of random women yeah. like uh, so to me when I see it in the Bible I've never seen it singular so I've never seen like it would be wrong for a man to have mm-hmm. attraction to a man mm-hmm. but I do see like practice homosexuality where it be a repeated act or men who are attracted to men where it's like um, and it says they did detestable things with each other. So it's mm-hmm. like, uh, that was an orgy sense actually. Right. Like when it's mentioned there in the Bible, it does talk about like a brothel. Yeah, <laughs> like they right, right. Uh, went in a room, lubed up and got naked. <laughs> oh, <my gosh. laughs> <You> started, <laughs> just started diddling. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, so um, uh, to me, it, but it doesn't say like a man and a man. Right. Um, it's plural. And okay. uh, to me, if it's Plural, like that's not my life. That's right. not my lifestyle.
0: So, so let's say for the for the sake of hypotheticals, um, we had somebody like uh, like Dave Stone or or Tim Keller or Kyle and come in here and yeah. sit down, and we all kind of had some open dialogue, and and they like looked up those verses, and they're like, okay, well, that's not the way to interpret it, yeah. or like they they look at it and they're like, okay, it's definitively this way and a homosexual lifestyle is not meant to happen. Right. Let's just say that happened. What would you do personally, like for you and your lifestyle? How would you feel about that? What Um, would take place?
1: Well, I will say, um, I do not hold the opinion of, uh, any man, Mm -hmm. uh, higher than my own. So, um, I will say that. So, uh, uh I did an interview with Dave Stone's niece. Like, yeah. Um, I love Dave Stone. Uh, I actually think he's a great guy. I know his son.
0: Yeah, dude. he's a cool guy. Um,
1: I think he is awesome. Um, but uh Dave Stone doesn't get to tell me what I'm convicted of. <laughs> right. Um, so like uh he can interpret things one way, but okay. um uh that doesn't mean that I have to interpret it that way. The Bible is open to interpretation and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, what I would say is my loyalty is to Jesus. So, um, if, um, if I look at the scripture Mm -hmm. and I'll listen to other people and I'll take into account what they think. Mm -hmm. But, um, just because they say this is what it means does not mean that's what it means. (laughs) Like, um, I've heard many, many pastors say many, many things about the Mm -hmm. Bible that are just, I just don't believe. Um, And that's okay that they can interpret it that way and I can interpret it another way. Um, We don't have to agree on everything, but um, I mean, I think there are some things that are like cut dry, like this is the way it is, but to the things that are open to interpretation, I think that they're open to interpretation and that's okay. We can have different interpretations and that might mean that they never hire me and that might mean that like they don't want me speaking at their church or whatever, but and that's that's fine like i really do think that that should be the way that it is so that your church is united and all that yeah but um that doesn't mean i shouldn't be welcome at your church <laughs> and it doesn't For sure and yeah. they are not that way i'll say that like yeah. um uh the pastors that you mentioned would not kick me out of their church yeah um because i'm gay <laughs> like right um it just wouldn't happen yeah um But I would say my loyalty is to Jesus. So um, when I look at the scripture and I've prayed over the scripture and I would also say, like, I've cried many, many times about being gay (laughs) and wishing that, uh, like, I was born another way or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Like, why is this my burden? Mm -hmm. You know, I think about, like, Paul when he says, like, this is the thorn. Right. You know, I think that this could be my thorn that, like, uh, Christians see me a certain way and I'm just going to have to deal with that. Uh, So... If this is my thing, then that's okay. But as I look at the scriptures, um, I don't see that. And I've Mm -hmm. prayed over it. I've studied it. Um, I've read opposing views. So Mm -hmm. it's not like I only study to validate myself. I've read opposing views. Um, I've read books on opposing views. Mm -hmm. All of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But in my heart, I have seen uh, I am not convicted. Okay. Um, And I think that I'm convicted of so many things. Like, it's not like I'm not convicted of sin. (laughs) Like, when I sin, I feel really, really bad. And I'm like, oh, I need to not do that again. Mm -hmm. So it's not like my heart is far from God. It really is like I'm searching all the time and asking God, like, hey, if there's anything in me that offends you, tell me. Um, Show me that. And that just hasn't come up.
0: So here we are 2,000 years later after the publication and distribution of the Bible. Okay the subject of homosexuality in the church has definitely been making ripples in the world now. Um, I think that glass is broken. (laughs) I don't think it is. I think it's just sweating. There's a crack right on that side, maybe. Oh, that's okay. Uh, still good. Well, so here we are where these subjects are definitely being confronted when in the last 2000 years, Uh, it's always been like, get that out of here or something. You know, like, it's just like, we're not even going to talk about that. Yeah. What do you think it is now that's changing in our day and age or society or like even you as somebody, as a pastor and a homosexual and a wrestler, that combination of a person is coming to fruition and being as public as you are and talking to many people as you are. What do you think is going on in our world because of that? Um, I actually think it's a great thing
1: Mm -hmm. Um, for many reasons, not just for the LGBTQ community, like not just that, but I think overall people are owning their faith now because Mm -hmm. um, access to information is so easy now. Mm -hmm. People don't have to just listen to a pastor, go home and say, that's the truth. Mm -hmm. They can listen to a pastor, go home, study it for themselves, And usually walk away saying that's the truth, but owning that truth even deeper. Yeah. Um, So, like now, or if you hear something, you're like, I don't know if that, I don't know if I do buy that, or I don't know if I do agree with that. Yeah. You can go home, study it, and then maybe you agree differently, but you can see where that other person was coming from. Um, so I can definitely, I I can't say I don't see why people would say that it's, like, that they right. believe that it's wrong for, right. for me to live a gay lifestyle. I don't think anybody can say it's wrong for me to be gay. I mm-hmm. think that's, like, a judgment of a person. I think living a gay lifestyle, I, I could see that people would say that that's not okay. Yeah. Um, but I think now with people owning their faith more, um, we are more independent than we've ever been mm-hmm. um, in the history of the world. Um, we are more... Uh, I I don't know if I want to say intelligent, but like we are definitely, uh, there's easier access to information for sure. So if, um, if we want to check out anything we can. Yeah. And because of that, um, we can now confront these things where it used to just be. Yeah. What the pastor says is the end. And that's why I said, like, if uh, you can bring in any pastors, (laughs) um, there are certain things that, uh, uh, like my mentors um, and people that interview me mm-hmm. uh, very, very uh, influential people that interview me and I talk to you um, mm-hmm. that don't agree with me at all. Yeah. And that's okay. Like that's completely okay. Yeah. Um, but what I would say is from the information I have seen and searched and all that, mm-hmm. I don't see it. So I think now people are able to look at those issues that maybe they've always kind of been like, well, I don't know if that is the case, but yeah. they never had a way to, check it out for themselves other than just looking at the Bible and it's really like the Bible can be tough so like Mm -hmm. um, if you just look at the Bible and then you're just hearing one voice of your Mm -hmm. pastor you're just going to listen to it right Um, and uh, I do think that pastors are uh, appointed by God to like lead people Mm -hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that I have to agree with everything a pastor says right Um, so I think now rather than just saying like oh they're a pastor I'm going to listen to them Mm -hmm. it's Oh, they're a pastor, and I respect what they say. Mm-hmm. But let me see if I agree with that. Um, and if you don't, that doesn't mean leave your church. <laughs> like it right. just means uh, just know that you disagree with those things. And like, but still pray for your pastor, support your pastor, like mm-hmm. all that. Um, but to the things that are open to interpretation, that's yeah. what I would say. Okay. So I think that that answer. I can't
0: remember no, no, where no, we like, started on that. But no, <laughs> but that's. I mean, that was a pretty concise answer because i mean yeah we definitely have so much access to information nowadays like you can literally you can have an app on your bible that has like over a 100 different translations of the bible even in different languages and that that honestly actually that kind of scares me a little because i'm like why why do we keep having to retranslate the bible like can we just kind of agree that like this is what it says and not be like well you know yeah. but, but like that's neither here or there that's a sh- subject for another time well that's because
1: they keep finding older manuscripts really like yeah so um, what happened is like when Paul wrote it like we don't know if we have Paul's writing like we don't know if we have the one that Paul wrote or if we have the one that Paul wrote and then a bunch of people have written down since then mm. so once we find older ones then uh, if you can imagine like if I were to write a thousand copies, if I had to hand write a thousand copies of something, yeah, then along the way I'm gonna make mistakes right. but once we get back to that original, get back to the older one, we can see more and more of what it looks like. So yeah. that's why it's okay. not and usually they're not major <clears> things. <throat> it's just we find the older manuscript and it's like, oh well um, the verb actually or the noun actually does include men and women. like that's, yeah yeah that's one now is like it used to be we thought it was all male. They right. like would just say brothers, but now we're finding that it means, the actual word means brothers and sisters mm-hmm. or uh, men and women um, yeah. rather than just men. Like God is inclusive. He doesn't just, yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't hate women, yeah. I promise. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I'm gay, um, so it's fine. Like <laughs> I'm gay, so I would be the one to be like, hate women, but no, yeah. I don't. I don't. <laughs>
0: well, here, let me ask you this question. Um, have you seen anywhere in the Bible where uh someone who was a homosexual play a role in the story of the Bible. Because uh, I've yeah. truthfully like I, I've heard it um both ways. Like somebody was like, oh I'm fairly certain in the Old Testament there and I'm just like, I haven't seen anything yeah. yet.
1: But. Um not known. No. Yeah. Um <laughs> now I laugh because I'm actually studying right now and I uh don't what I'm about to say, I don't believe. Okay. Okay. But some people do. Mm -hmm. Um, there is the friendship between David and Jonathan. So Jonathan is Saul's son. Okay. And David is to be the future King. Mm -hmm. Um, David and Jonathan were pretty close. (laughs) It says like they kissed each other. Um, it says that their, uh, their bond was greater than a friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, they cried with each other all the time. Uh, they were found naked together. Like, um, so
0: people have I know said, some uh, <laughs> baby boomer generation people yeah. are now falling out of their chair <laughs> yeah so
1: people have said David and Jonathan were gay mm-hmm. in the Bible I cannot find anywhere to say that they were anything more than just the absolute best of friends and they yeah. were just comfortable with each other and that's fine yeah like um, I will not I don't think ever preach like and yeah. here's the gay couple in the Bible right but um, people have said that I don't see. Anyone yeah. who is known to be gay mm-hmm. um, as like a major player in the Bible
0: mm-hmm.
1: by name. Mm-hmm. There are uh, gay people mentioned, but not by name. Okay. So, um, but David and Jonathan look into it. It's, uh, it is interesting. Just like, there's
0: a list of stuff that's like,
1: ah, yeah, I don't know that I would do that with my friend. <laughs>
0: like, You also got to look at like the times back then right. too, but also, you know. I mean, at the same time, every time I walk into the YMCA locker room, there's like yeah. a bunch of seven-year-old dudes who just don't care. Yeah, and that's I'm just like, okay, well, yeah. that's they're they're obviously from a different time, but yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> but yeah,
1: it is. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you do have to look at because definitely, like, kissing back then was not yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, But some of this stuff and the way that they talk about each other, it's like, man, they had a bromance that was, (laughs) and I don't know that it was a romance, but they were definitely not just, like, not just normal friends. And I'm not saying that they were,
0: like, uh, humbling each other, but (laughs) But
1: there's, I mean, you can look into it, but I don't see that in the Bible, no.
0: Okay, cool. Well, um, let's shift gears and talk about uh, a little bit of your history. When we... um, well, when you spoke at Chapel one of the first times, you had talked about, you know, uh your life and your come up and everything and uh you had talked about some of your struggles. And one of those yeah. struggles was pornography is yeah. I'm sure ninety five percent of every male in the United States struggles with, but yeah. you kinda have a story about it.
1: Yeah, um, it's it's definitely becoming more and more of an epidemic. Mm-hmm. And um it's really scary too because, like, it's kind of like ratings on video games. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that video games are the cause of violence, mm-hmm. but I do think that kids being exposed to certain things before they're ready to experience those things yeah. is the cause of stuff. I think social so,
0: media is the cause of violence, or at least school yeah. shootings, anyway. Yeah,
1: I think that that uh, definitely plays a role mm-hmm. for sure. Um, uh, with pornography, the scary part is that. Um, 8 out of 10 kids will have their first exposure to pornography by age 9 at this point. It used to be 11. That was just a few years ago. and Now it's by age 9.
0: I think I was 9. Yeah.
1: So yeah. Um, a 9-year-old just isn't ready to take that in. So yeah. um, I would say if everybody only saw porn from age 18 on, yeah. we'd have a lot less porn addiction. Right. But, um, but a 9-year-old just isn't ready for that. Yeah. Um, and then – and then when they turn twelve or whatever, and they uh, have all their hormones, like right. now they know where to look. And then it's all this stuff that uh, just wasn't,
0: especially meant with the
1: access that we have right. today. So it used to, uh, it used to be at least like when I was fifteen or whatever. Like you at least had to click a box that was like, "I am 18. And now there's not even that. It's just like, <laughs> like you just go to the website. Hey, can like, you type? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just are on the website, and now people have. Phones that have access to the internet. So it's like Mm -hmm. you are in your bed late at night. um, uh, And your phone's right there. Right, and your phone is right there, and your mind is, like, Mm -hmm. uh, sexualized.
0: So it's um, a whole lot easier. We had to, like, I think for mine and your time, we had to, like, go on LimeWire or something to give our computers cancer. Yeah, you had to, like, download it. It wasn't even just a... Like
1: a website that you... I mean, you could go to websites, but even when you went to the websites, you had to download the video. Right. Um, and also, you had to be on a computer. So, yeah. like, you had to find time where your family was not there. And exactly. Like, but now everybody has a laptop, an iPad, mm-hmm. and uh, a smartphone, like, all that. It's, and, yeah, that's um, crazy. It's just too easy to get it now. Yeah. And um, that's... Uh, I am all for free speech, all that. Like, mm-hmm. make your stuff. But... Uh, make it be where the people who are supposed to see it see it. R rated movies, you have to be seventeen. You have to show an ID exactly to get into an R rated movie. I don't understand how porn has gotten away without any kind of <laughs> like
0: restriction yeah, that's on to me.
1: Yeah, I I I just don't. I I truly cannot understand that.
0: But also, you know, there is like certain levels of porn as well. Yeah, and you can even find like you. Back in, like, when I was in middle school and elementary school, what I can find on Instagram alone yeah. would have been considered porn. Yeah. And it's not. It's not yeah. considered porn to, to people nowadays. But I'm sitting I'm like, okay, look, it, if I saw this in the third grade, like, what I can find on Instagram, yeah. it'd be all over. Yeah. Like, I just, I've, I've, I don't <laughs> yeah. know what would be going on. Like, yeah. It's just like, this is so much, and it's all just on my explore feed or it can be just like you could search anything and then somebody's like well look right over here.
1: Yep. And,
0: and it's, it's all right. Yeah, it is.
1: It's like it's so easy to get to at least pornographic information. Yeah. Um and that's uh I can't remember who said it, but they said um I can't define pornography but I, I know it when I see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like um Instagram people be like oh that's not porn and it's like no that was made for a sexualized purpose. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Um uh, They'd be like, oh cool. well, they're just expressing their yeah. body and be like, <laughs> no.
1: well, and if that's what you're doing, I can tell that. I actually can tell that. Like yeah. I can tell if you are artistic and right. that's what you're doing. And I can tell when you're trying to uh like get me sexualized. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, there's yeah. a definite difference in those two things. Um yeah. I have a friend and he's a he's a model and like yeah. uh, he does uh nude modeling. He does nude modeling. Yeah. But it is actually artistic. It is yeah. not meant to um, provoke or yeah, yeah it's not perverse it's not it really isn't and i know like some people listening to this right now are like no it is <laughs> no one should be naked ever yeah. my great grandma uh, when she was alive she said the only person who ever saw her ankles was her husband <laughs> so like wow <laughs> yeah she died when she was 96 that was um, victorian so, yeah so so to think like that's how she grew up mm-hmm. um and now we're saying like and I'm not saying everybody should walk around naked and post pictures of right. themselves. Naked, exactly. Because that's exactly. different. Yeah. But like he, with the artistic stuff that he does, is much different than and mm-hmm. it is. It's just about showing the body. But um, yeah, so I I was addicted to porn, um, and uh, like I said, I'm what's called a chronic addict. So mm-hmm. everything I do, I get addicted to, and I've been addicted to like like juggling. Like I juggle torches. Yeah, like, yeah. If that tells you like how my mind is like. Anything I do, I get addicted to it. It's yeah. it's not just like people. I get addicted to people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've had like restraining orders taken out on me because I get addicted to people. <laughs> like like yeah. these things happen. These yeah. are real things. Yeah. Um, I am an addict. Okay. Um, and porn was just another in the line of addictions. Mm-hmm. Um, at my worst, I was viewing pornography for nine hours a day. Um, and Mm. not even to masturbate. Like I would just watch porn for nine hours a day. And just to like
0: feel comfortable. Yeah.
1: To like not think about other things. So, um, now like with my psychiatric background and studying it, like the endorphins that are released when you watch pornography are the same as when you're doing cocaine. Mm -hmm. Um, and it is a drug. Like, so for me, it was like, Hey, I don't want to think about being fat and miserable. So I'm going to watch a lot of porn. Right. And I didn't think about like, oh, I should just get healthy. It was just like, well, rather mm-hmm. than do all that work, I can just watch nine hours of porn. Yeah. So um, so I would just watch a ton of porn and yeah. then um, uh, I'd get off like either once at the end or like sometimes at the beginning and then just keep watching. And <laughs> like, then you're just like, oh, I wonder I would, what they're up to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I would just watch a lot of porn, like mm-hmm. a
0: lot, a lot of porn. Um, do you think that to get personal with this do you think yeah. that, that it's played anything like in in your life right now like do you think do you think it may have had anything to do with your view on your sexuality at all
1: um i don't think so mm-hmm. uh, for the main reason that gay porn has never done anything for me <laughs> like uh, don't like gay porn
0: it uh yeah i don't know can't get into it <laughs> yeah. And I I'll I'll mention this but it's like I I definitely I don't want you to think that like I'm comparing you to this guy or yeah. anything but you know pornography's obviously a plague right. and it's just it it has really warped the lives of countless people but somebody that was interviewed about it was uh Ted Bundy who mm-hmm. you know is a famous serial killer but he was interviewed hours before he was going to be executed and he basically kind of just told his story on how you know he was exposed to it at a young age and how he completely blames everything that he's done on pornography yeah. and he taught like he he said that it was so euphoric at the beginning that every time he tried to do it he had to chase it a little bit more till he got to the point where you know he he killed women yeah and it that was the only thing that really satisfied him and you know everyone has their addictive levels to to one extent or another but you gotta wonder you know being exposed to something like that being triggered with with something like that could that lead you on a path to to wherever you are right now and like you know what effect could that have on you and I've always wondered you know if was like, especially for you, like, did that play anything? But if, you know, you say you didn't, then.
1: Yeah, you know. Um I would say uh not in my case. I do know mm-hmm. certain people that are that way. And the only reason I say not in my case is I actually wasn't exposed to porn until 14. So okay. I was age 14. Um, before I saw anything. It was a Girls Gone Wild commercial on, that, on Comedy Central at 5 o'clock in the morning. Every morning. So yeah. what I did is I would set my alarm for 5 o'clock in the morning. South Park would be on. And I hate that show. Like, I think it's so... I I can see, like, there's funny moments. But yeah. it just bothers, the animation bothers me. So, like, I'd be watching South Park. And mm-hmm. Girls Gone Wild commercials would come on. And that was my porn. Wow. Uh, and I remember the first time I like masturbated was to a Girls gone wild commercial. And I thought I had broken my penis. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I like, I like Jeez. ran to the bathroom real fast. and I was like, what just happened? Like, what was that? And that was it. Mm. Um, so I had friends that had told me about pornography. I had uh, never masturbated before that. Mm-hmm. Like knowingly I'd like, I guess as a little kid, like play with myself and stuff. But like, right. um, I'd had friends that were, that had talked about, masturbation and porn and all this stuff mm-hmm. and I just always pretended like I knew what they were talking about but I had no idea and then like once it happened I was like now that felt pretty good it's and like, like
0: learning a superpower or yeah, yeah so
1: um <coughs> so from then on it really was it was like uh, I was hooked and um I would say it wasn't bad until I was like 16 mm-hmm. um and then it was the worst when I was 20 yeah like 20 um, but for like five years, I was heavily, heavily addicted to porn and, mm. um, to the point where like I was uh, sleeping like 30 minutes a night and then I would wake up and go preach. <laughs> like well, I would sleep for 30 minutes, wake up and go preach somewhere. Um, did I would, that sit uh, heavy on you. Yes. Very, very, but it was kind of one of those, like, I can't stop. Like mm. I had done everything to try to stop and I just couldn't. Um, did it affect the way you preached? Yes, I was terrible. I was very, very, um, surface level, like, um, because I also wasn't studying the Bible Yeah, because when you watch porn for nine hours a day, you don't have time to read right, the Bible. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times I would, um, read the verse that mm-hmm. I was supposed to preach on or the passage or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like as worship was going on mm-hmm. before I stepped on the stage, like yeah. I wouldn't have wow. prepared anything. Wow. Um, and, uh. What was crazy is that some people thought I was good <laughs> at that time. So like I would the whole time I was just like, I bet they're addicted to porn too, because like if that surface level stuff like, yeah, got to them, then like whatever. That, like, that makes you think. Yeah. So um, yeah, so I was heavily addicted, and um, but I've been free from that addiction for seven years, something like that. Hmm. Uh, from the addiction to porn. So, um, so that's good. I, actually, what happened is um, uh, a very bad situation. Um, the, uh, yeah, it was, that was bad. Um, the, <laughs> uh, the police showed up to my dorm room. Um, they were investigating all sorts of things. And uh, one of the things that they were investigating was an instance of child pornography on our campus at oh, wow. the college that I went to. Um, and the FBI was there. And right. I was like, holy crap, I watch porn, they're going to find out I watch porn. And never had I ever watched child porn, right. interested in it, never, like none of that. But they were there to investigate it. Right. Well, um, because I had watched so much porn, my computer pinged on their radar. Yeah. Um, so they... There's just like, like steam coming off of your computer. Right. Computers. right. It's like, so yeah. they showed up and tried to question me um, about like porn and child pornography, Jesus. and I was like, nope, not going to do this anymore, so I took my laptop, I smashed it, um, I, uh, broke it, and first I broke it in half, um, smashed it into, like, a thousand pieces, divided it into four different trash cans, and had one of my fraternity <laughs> brothers drive it to four different dumps- dumpsters, and he never told me where he put them, um, so, but to me, I was like, you know what, that's a wake-up call, because I had never been involved in child pornography, never interested in that ever, mm-hmm. But I do know that addiction to normal pornography is Mm. what leads to an addiction to child pornography. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So just like you said with Ted Bundy, it's a drug. So like you always have to chase the next high. That's why porn has gotten more extreme and it's more violent and it's more all sorts of things because it's a drug. So you start off with Mm softcore and then it's like blowjobs and then it's like sex and then it's sex but – girl's getting choked and like, right, yeah. Like, and then it's more and more extreme until it is. Like, and then Ted Bundy's like, I got to do this in person. Right. And, like, or, Hey, I have
0: to take the innocence of this little kid. Yeah. Um, and do that. So, um, uh, I think that's, I think that's one thing that, you know, is pretty wild, but also like, like nobody gets united the way they do when it comes to like ending child pornography or something like if somebody like there could be like a like a crime of like, oh, this guy murdered somebody. Yeah. And they were like, was it a crime of passion? Was yeah. It a manslaughter? <laughs> yeah. People are divided on it. But yeah. then it's like, uh, oh, your neighbor, Ted, he uh, he was caught with some child porn. You're yeah. like, so when are we hanging this guy? Like, yeah. you know, like yeah. everyone's like,
1: let's get together and yeah. end this fool and like, it's it's so it's so sad because when you think about like what led that person to that like nobody is just and now there are born pedophiles and like again it's a predisposition thing like there are well, kind of like uh, born pedophiles, Kevin but.
0: Kevin Spacey almost like yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. He, he i mean he was so inappropriate with yep. so many people but his but, too was like oh i can get away with this and if you
1: look at his story it's like he got away with a little and then he got away with a little more and a little more and a little more. And that's what sin does
0: in our life. Is like, but then when you know where he came from, too, yeah. he was abused yep. like crazy. yep. And his brother talked about it and he's like, yeah, Kevin Spacey's a great actor because he hated yep. being himself. Yeah, because most, he knew what happened to
1: him. Most actors um, are great at it because they've had to learn how to not be themselves their whole life. So he's the same way. yeah, And that's... Um, it is, it's, that's how sin, or, I mean, I call it addiction, like, mm-hmm. um, but that's how it works is like, if you give it just a little bit, then it will take over and it won't be overnight. And it won't, yeah. like, mine was a six year addiction or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but like, uh, you'll start with Girls Gone Wild commercials and by the end you're watching porn for nine hours a day. Yeah. Um, not sleeping and, uh, the FBI shows up to knock at your door and you look back and you're like, why is the FBI here? (laughs) And it's like, well, because that girl's got a lot of commercial because you kept watching it. So what I would say is like, um, uh, let me also say like, I was not being, uh, charged by the FBI. Right, right. (laughs) I work with kids. I was not, you uh, haven't been convicted of anything. Not even charged with like, they didn't even talk to me. Right. My computer just pinged on their thing and they came to question. So like they questioned a lot of people. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so let me clear that up first. Right. But it was terrifying to yeah. have the FBI like in my dorm room, me seated on my dorm room bed. Yeah. While they're asking me about porn,
0: <laughs> like, do you do you think the FBI like if the FBI? Let me rephrase this. Where do you think you'd be if the FBI hadn't showed up? Ooh, that's a great question. Ugh. Yeah dang do you think you'd be the pastor of disaster still or um i think i would be a
1: pastor of a pastor of disaster (laughs) um wow that's a great question actually because after that that's when i actually got like healthy Mm -hmm. when i broke my computer Mm -hmm. so no i would not be who i am today had they not shown up and i think i mean that's how god works is like Sometimes he has to let those terrifying things happen. <laughs> sometimes he's got to send the FBI. On yeah. The sometimes he's got to send the FBI. Um, but uh, yeah, but I would say like stop it before it gets to that point. Like don't make him do that. <laughs> you know, you I wish I wish, I wish that they wouldn't have come. Right. But, but yeah. I not that they wouldn't have come, but I wish that um, you would have, have, have to get it. Yeah, yeah, I wish that that didn't have to have had happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I just said that right. No, no. no. Yeah, I you wish did. that didn't have to happen. Right. I wish I just never would have seen that girl's gone wild commercial, but what do you yeah, think? Did, so
0: what do you think us as a nation, the steps we need to take to, to keep, I guess the youth from, from seeing a has gone wild commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, I have a personal opinion and I'm, more than likely going to do this for my kids but I won't let them have social media until they're 18. Yeah. Because I think social media in itself is an addiction and I think social media in itself is probably the leading cause of school shootings. Yeah. I, I, I don't doubt it for a second. Um, I
1: I don't know that there's a like a one size fits all. Like, yeah. Um, like that would be great if you have your kids hold off on social media until they're ready mm-hmm. but all the other parents are not going to do that and they're going to go yeah. to their friends house and so it's going to be there right um same with porn like yeah. uh i can do all i do to make sure that porn is never in my house but that doesn't mean my kids not going to see it because their friend shows it to them or whatever yeah um uh i i truly think and i, I work with a ministry um, called triple x church mm-hmm. and um they help people with porn. They've got the
0: app, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's an
1: app. I've got that. Um, there's an app and they are good friends with like Ron Jeremy and stuff. Um, those guys are awesome. They do really great things. Um, and, uh, they always have this thing called the great porn debate where one of the guys from the church and Ron Jeremy sit down Mm -hmm. and talk about porn. Yeah. And one of the things that triple X church has said that I agree with is like, Um, We don't want to limit someone's freedom of speech.
0: Real quick, for those of you guys who don't know who Ron Jeremy is, do not look up Ron Jeremy. Um, He's a porn star. He's a porn star. (laughs) Like, don't just, don't right now Google on the spot, like, Ron Jeremy. Yeah. Disclaimer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's a porn star. And um, uh, he's, like, made thousands of films and, like, he's known, he is, like, the world's number one he's, most well-known porn star. He is the, the porn guy. But yeah. he says that those guys are his friends. And he's like, we don't agree. Um, and what they do agree on, though, is that um, they don't think that they should be able to limit and say people are not allowed to make pornography. right? Because um, if you limit that, then you can start taking away what I'm allowed to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to have that. So like, right. But we do have to come up with a way to limit kids getting access and that's for everybody like yeah um like i said like if you go to an r-rated movie that just shows boobies in a pool yeah yeah yeah. you have to which that's pg-13 now but anyway but um like if you go to an r-rated movie that has murder and um drugs
0: yeah and and stuff like that
1: you have to show an id
0: Right, um, And that is in a movie theater. Or even if uh, the movie uh, says the F word more than one time. Right. Yeah, but it, says it, it says it a
1: bunch. Yeah, yeah, you have to show an ID. Um, I don't understand why we ha- – actually, I do understand this because the porn industry is a multi-billion dollar industry yeah. and they make the government a ton of money um, and they pay those people not to vote on that issue. And they pay those people to stay quiet on that issue at all mm-hmm. um, and talk about abortion instead. <laughs> because if we can make abortion be the issue and not porn yeah. then the porn industry is one yeah. so that's um that's what needs what needs yeah. to happen is we just and I, I think really what needs to happen is we need to quit being so silent about it like yeah. um <laughs> I think my manager wrote you and was like hey what rating is this podcast Yeah, Cause like, yeah yeah GPGPG13
0: like um well I just uh, my thing is is you know I'm going to have people of different viewpoints on here. uh, I just uh, interviewed my buddy that was, uh, he's in the military and everything and you know, they're hardcore and everything. And I don't want to limit what he has to say. You know, if I don't share a view, I, I don't care, but that's part of this. Well, and it's also,
1: but I think that, um, churches for too long have just not talked. They've just been like porn is no, like, yeah.
0: And it's like, that's great. But let's talk about like, why? (laughs) like, why not porn? It's like, um, I don't want you to just not look at porn. Right. I want you to not want to
1: look at it. Right. That. And yeah. all, and also like, hey, here's why that would be really, really bad. And I think yeah. that's what the church has done for too long is we've stayed silent about all the things that we've just talked about, like being exactly. gay. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, when was the last time you heard a sermon about being gay? Not, not like I never growing up ever heard a sermon about being gay. Yeah. Um, I've heard one now, one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and it ended very well with saying like, Hey, if this is your thing, um, we don't agree, but Jesus still loves you. And that was fantastic. That's yeah. great. Um, and they used the Bible very well. It was mm-hmm. great. Um, but like, when was the last time you heard a sermon about porn? Not just like, yeah. Hey, don't watch porn as part of a sermon, but like yeah. a sermon from a pastor that was willing to talk about porn. Yeah. Um, or, and even like. I would say, like, sex outside of marriage. Now, I've heard uh, marriage sermons about sex, Mm -hmm. but I have not heard a sermon about sex and why, like, a full sermon. I've heard a point, but a full sermon about, like, why it would be best to wait. Right. So, like, why don't we tackle these things that we are, like, um, say that we say we're upset about them, so why don't we actually talk about it? And that's, like, when I would speak at your school. Right. Right the reason they banned me (laughs) to the two other times. So the first time was for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. The two other times was really because I hit those things and said, I know that there are people in this room who struggle with those things. And they didn't like that. So, um, the truth divides. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what I would say is like, um, I think we can all agree that no kid should be watching porn. So like, I don't think that's open to interpretation. Like we can say that. So why don't, why doesn't the church talk about that? You know, um, the Bible is very clear. Sex before marriage is wrong. So like, why haven't we, and not just say like, Hey, sex before marriage is wrong. The Bible says so, but talk about why God says that. There's a, there
0: is a reason for these things. Yeah.
1: So I think that's where, I think that's the, that's what we can do is like, Quit being so silent and like, um like a lot of times I'll say the word masturbate and it makes people very uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like I know you masturbate. <laughs> like I know yeah. you have, you do, and like probably like, um, within the past forty eight hours mm-hmm. have <laughs> like yeah, or within the past week or whatever, right? Um, or at least thought about it like,
0: you like or you yeah. got a boner or yeah. like, whatever. <laughs> you know, if like, you're not thinking about, about it at any point in the day, like I don't. I don't really know who you are. Yeah, like, don't like what why been. can't we
1: just say yeah. that? Like, um, and I think for too long people have just gotten silent about it. And it's like, if we would just talk about these things, then it would be it would be fixed. And I think that's
0: what needs to happen. I, I truthfully like you're you're right about that, and I wonder what would start happening to. Uh, mega churches almost if that happened because Mm -hmm. you know the truth divides and like just for example uh kyle adam and grave or gave a great sermon about um about racial divide Mm -hmm. basically and he was you know basically speaking to to different people groups within our church and he said i understand that louisville is one of the most segregated cities in the united states But I appreciate your patience. I appreciate you bearing with us. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you um, coming here, even though it, it may be uncomfortable for certain situations. I saw caucasian people get up and walk out during yeah. that and it was a beautiful sermon yeah and i'm like there is nothing wrong with what he's saying yeah why are you getting so uptight yeah <laughs> what's going on and like it would just people just didn't it wasn't even that they thought he was wrong they just didn't like it when he talked about it yeah they were like nobody needs to hear that let's just yeah. talk about you know how much jesus loves us like, <laughs> yeah. you got to eat your vegetables at yeah. some point and i think I think you know, along with you know, you and what you are doing, and like your views and everything, whether like we're all on the same page or not. I think at least the one of the right things that you are doing is that we're talking about it, yeah. And we're not we're not just pushing it to the side and saying, "Well, you know, hopefully this will just kind of dissolve on its own." Yeah, you are you are making enough uh, ripples to to just at least whoever whatever side anybody is on to at least stand up and be like you know what i'm willing to have some open dialogue about this i'm willing to get to the bottom of this um i want to be able to respect you and respect the person next to me and just at least acknowledge that we're all in this together um i think that's one of the great things that you know you're definitely doing right now for sure well thanks and i think that that's um it's kind of like what you
1: said i think the reason um, being gay has become such a hot button thing mm. or abortion has mm. become such a hot button thing is because if, um, if Christians can point the finger at that, mm-hmm. then no one will ask, like, well, what's wrong with you? Like, yeah. if, if it's like, well, I'm not gay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gay. I didn't have an abortion. Mm. Um, if we can say, like, those people are worse Mm. then nobody's going to be like, yeah, but you're prideful or, um, yeah, but you haven't read the Bible in God knows how long or whatever your thing is. Yeah. If we can make these things, big things, Mm -hmm. like if people will make being gay or haven't, I think gay and abortion are kind of the two big ones right now. Right. Like, um, if, being gay and having an abortion, if those are like the big things mm-hmm. and we can all rally around like, don't be gay, don't have an abortion, then nobody's going to say like, yeah, but you're prejudiced, Right. like um, things like that. And that makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. So like rather than saying like all these things are wrong, we'll just say, hey, if you're not gay, you don't have an abortion, don't have too much sex. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, then you're good.
0: And I think that that's where we failed. That's what, yeah, that's one of the things that drives me up a wall is that, um, obviously, and you're coming out, I bet, you know, you you had some people call you and support you, and you had some other people give you backlash. Like, mm-hmm. I'd hate to see you go to hell for this, bro. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd love to ask that person, like, when was the last time you prayed for somebody? Because, yeah. you know, whether Stu's got it completely right or not, he's praying for guys that don't know anything about Jesus. And he's at least becoming a bridge for those to like meet Jesus. And I'm just like, I don't know what you did today. Like uh, that, that is the one thing that gets under my skin. I was in um, Catania, Sicily last summer and I was working with West African refugees and I'm not a perfect guy. I don't have everything buttoned down in my life, but I get back and I'm like, talking to some people and, um, they're like trying to talk about how, uh, they feel like they're just called to, to get a good job and a good house and a good car and a family and then go to church once a week. And I'm just like, is that really, is that really like what we're meant to do? Like we're meant to live comfortably. Are you sure? (laughs) Like that's, 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 That'll get under my skin so much. And it's just like when people who are in a situation like that see you making an effort, no, like, no matter which direction you're going, and then they want to come at you. That's the only problem that I truthfully have. Like I will tell anybody all day long, like, Hey, back off because you don't do anything. Right. This guy, he's literally telling everybody that they can have a relationship with Jesus. Yeah.
1: And that's my message. Like I want to be very clear. Like people want to know about the gay thing. <laughs> I mean. Right. But like I've been gay. Like, right. Just cause you didn't know, doesn't mean I wasn't gay. I've right. been gay. Right. I just want people to know Jesus loves them. Um, and, uh, it's, yeah. but the reason I laughed when you were first talking is, um, there was one time uh, when I was addicted to porn mm-hmm. um, and I was, at the time I was 17. So yeah. like, yeah, I was addicted to porn. I was 17 yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and I also I would say at that time, it wasn't an addiction. It was uh, it was growing to be an addiction, but I would watch porn. Mm-hmm. So I watched porn. Well, this camp found out that I watched porn because mm-hmm. I shared it in a message or something and they canceled my speaking engagement. Um, they said that I could not speak there Um, because I watched porn and um, my pastor and who used to be my lawyer um, called them and said yeah Stu watched porn what's your problem asshole I was like yeah (laughs) um, uh, and he was a pastor he was like like, no you don't get to just say like their thing is worse and then the next thing you said about um, people just looking for a reason to like be above someone in um Mark chapter four, chapter, no. Yeah, Mark chapter four. Okay. Um, Jesus um, is doing these miracles. And mm-hmm. it says, it says the only reason the Pharisees were watching him was to find a reason to accuse him. That's the only reason they were there. Like the only reason they showed up yeah. was to find a reason to accuse him. Hmm. And I think that... That just sucks. Like, and uh, I have had those people that like have been waiting for so long to find something with me. That's like, and that's why he can't preach the news of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'm like, there's nothing that disqualifies me from that. Um, You can say, I can't be a a full-time pastor at a church. You can say, um, I uh, can't be paid for my ministry, whatever. Mm -hmm. You can say all those things no one is disqualified from sharing the news of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, And that uh, is what the Pharisees were doing to Jesus. And that's Mm -hmm. what certain people have tried to do to me. Um, There was somebody when I came out that (laughs) said, they found out a few days before, because I let my ministry partners know that I was about to release a public video. Because I didn't want them to be like, what the, like, yeah. what happened, man? Now we got a back. Like, yeah. I thought we were going to keep it secret or not. See, I shouldn't say secret because yeah. they were never trying to conceal it, but just like, really they wanted to go public. Right. Like, they yeah. wanted to know why I thought it was important to go public <laughs> just because it is something that doesn't matter. And I yeah. let them know. And they were all cool with it. Except for one mm-hmm. um, who said that if I shared that publicly, it would invalidate my ministry past, present and future. Um, now I've had the opportunity to travel around the world. Mm-hmm. I've been to Newfoundland, Guatemala, Ireland, um, England, and Germany, all speak, all preaching. Yeah. Um, I've spoken to hundreds of thousands of people, mm-hmm. um, of that hundreds have accepted Jesus, mm-hmm. um, from it. Uh, you cannot tell me that, that, that me being gay or even living in gay lifestyle, yeah. uh, invalidates that Jesus can use me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jesus used or God used sorcerers mm-hmm. that were evil, dark, dark sorcerers in the yeah. Bible to proclaim his name. Yeah. Like, um, so don't tell me I'm not being used.
0: Right. That's, that's the thing. I want to ask you, um, kind of a couple sentences back. You talked about working in the church and everything. Do you believe, um, well, what do you believe that, uh, with, um, being a homosexual, uh, and being an authority figure in the church where do you believe those stand with one another. Because there was a church down in western Kentucky uh, who the choir director was a homosexual. Mm-hmm. And one half of the church had a major problem with it. The yeah. other half of the church was like, well, he loves Jesus and he's just trying to help. But their argument was, you know, he can be here. He can participate, he can worship, he can pray, he can be baptized, but we don't believe that he should be an authority figure in a leadership position, in a yeah. leadership position. So where do you, where do you feel like your lifestyle and, and a leadership position would walk with one another?
1: Um, I'm actually looking into that. Um, mm-hmm. and it is one of the reasons that I am not in full-time ministry right now, mm-hmm. um, because I don't know a hundred percent where I stand on that. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I keep coming back to is um, church leaders should have nothing in their life that causes anyone to um, to stumble. Right. So like um, if you are a pastor, I don't think that you should uh, drink or like, mm-hmm. um, uh, And that's my opinion. So like, <clears throat> again, pastors can tell me, don't think that that's fine man yeah (laughs) just live but um i don't think that um pastors are held to a higher standard and the bible is very clear about that yeah um i don't want my sexuality to be a reason that someone doesn't accept jesus yeah so being a pastor is different to me than being an evangelist and being um uh yeah, there's a major difference actually. Yeah, like so major, it's, it's, you're
0: you're no longer part of the flock. You're you'd be a shepherd now.
1: Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah and you're held to a higher standard. Um, I don't find fault with my personal life. Okay. Some people would though. Right. And if that's going to divide the church, and I mean church like capital C, like the right. church, not just like not a church. B. Yeah, yeah. But like, if it's going to divide the church, mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. I would rather the church be united and me just not be in a leadership position. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, so right now, and again, because I cannot 100% defend and say, uh, I, I know for me personally, um, I don't find conviction with my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But because I believe the Bible is mostly silent about my particular lifestyle mm-hmm. um, of being one man, one man, not like mm-hmm. the plural. Um then I can't say one hundred percent that everyone should agree with me, yeah, so because of that, I don't think that okay I should be now uh, uh, leadership position is different than pastor, so like, I don't think that I should be a pastor mm-hmm. um, right now yeah. right now while I'm figuring these things out once I've settled in my mind, I'm good hmm. but while I'm thinking about it, I shouldn't be okay um, choir director, I don't know like <laughs> and worship leader, like yeah. uh, oh, maybe not on staff, maybe not paid. Mm-hmm. Should I be able to lead worship? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, but again, like if you're taking resources and being paid right. by the church, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, you know, I, yeah. there's it's a different,
0: it's different. To I me. feel that. So, well, all right. I'm going to have to, we're going to have to get you out of here in a bit. Um, I'm going to give you some rapid fire questions if okay, that's cool. Hit me. What is the best thing about your life right now?
1: Um, the best thing about my life is actually, it is wrestling right now.
0: Yeah. Like, uh,
1: wrestling is the most fun thing about my life. That's what cool. I would say. Um, the past three weeks, I've walked backstage and Al Snow, who yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we talked about, yeah, yeah. Um, has, he always has critiques for everybody. Mm-hmm. And when I walk backstage the past three weeks, he has just looked at me pointed at me giving me a thumbs up and stood up to shake my hand
0: nice. and uh
1: that has made me feel really good so that's, that's the most nice. fun part of my life cool. right now
0: what is the most difficult thing about your life right now
1: um i am really trying to grow a whole lot mm. and uh finding time for all of that is i keep having to wake up earlier and earlier like yeah. this morning i was awake at um 6 a.m and studied for four hours before i came here so like nice um and i'm really trying to grow but that's yeah. hard work and kind okay. of I'm OCD too. like actually diagnosed OCD so yeah. it's like that's hard
0: oh I feel that <laughs> uh, favorite book my favorite book oh the BFG by Roald Dahl it's awesome yeah, yeah. okay cool favorite movie
1: uh, cool. The Departed really? really yeah yeah it's awesome
0: alright cool favorite music like artist or type Uh, let's do artist type and maybe band if you have more than one okay Um.
1: well I would say like all right. I'll go with artist um, is artist and band uh, old. Like when they first came out Mumford and Sons. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's I know that everybody's like, yeah, they suck. Um, <laughs> they suck now, but they used to be good. Um, and they're the best live band I've ever seen. That's why I like them so okay, much. Cool. They're the best live band I've ever seen. Um, and then type of music would be like alternative rock. Okay. Like pop rock.
0: Okay. Cool. You've been to a lot of places in the world. Where is a place that you haven't been that you would want to go? Australia. Dude, that's <laughs> insane. My,
1: that's my number one, yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah.
1: I have my uh, travel agent, like, every day looks and sees mm. if, like, if there's a cheap flight to Australia. Because nice. I, I just,
0: I, even if I, could, if I could just fly there and fly back, like, I'd do it. It's awesome. Yeah. Just to get, like, a cup of dirt and say yeah. you've been there. yeah, yeah. 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 Alright, for the audience, if you could give them a piece of advice about anything or something that you live by, what would you tell them? Uh, My mantra right now is, if one man can do it, another man can do it.
1: And I think too many times we look at people and we say that they were a special person. And I think that God makes different people different ways. But if one person pulled it off, another person can pull it off. So um, if you have a dream and and it's been accomplished by somebody else, you can do it too. Um, you're going to have to work harder than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean it's going to come easy, right? But it means if another person already did it and everything, and just like Ecclesiastes tells us, it, it's like everything has been done before. So like, yeah, if you have a dream, you can do it. It's possible. Um, you just got to put the work in. So
0: nice. All right, man. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. Let me say something to the audience real quick. Um, obviously this is a diverse subject. It's, a uh, For some people, it's a controversial subject. Um, For anywhere that I post this, if you feel the need to comment on anything, if you want to give your insight, I always welcome engagement from the community, but I ask that uh, you bring nothing but positive comments and uh, conversation to the mix. Um, Stu is a good guy. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, I love the dude. And uh, yeah, that's where we'll be going from there. And uh, Stu, thanks for coming on today. Yeah. It was fun. I appreciate it, brother. All right. This is life on a mission. See y'all next time.